Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Would you say this with me today? I receive the Word of God. Profit me, reproof me, convict me, instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you have your Bibles, open it with me to Matthew chapter 3. God put it on my heart to teach a series on the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God, and how to live abundantly in the kingdom of God. You know, God wants you to live abundantly. Did you know that? You know, Ephesians 3 tells us, verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. Now, he's able to do that, but that's not the question. Are you able to receive it? You know, let, let me just encourage you. Have you ever bad mouthed a ministry that, that was operating in a great prosperity? If you have, let me encourage you to repent because that's hindering you. Well, so extreme. Why do they need to fly those jets? Well, that's between them and God. You know, that's not... You know, we, we have a policy in our house. Well, I have a policy in my own personal life. I don't listen to people criticize other people. You know, I don't want to hear it. Number one, I don't want to hear it because God doesn't want me to hear it. Number two, I don't want to hear it because if I hear it, I might be tempted to repeat it. And it may be a lie. Imagine that. Could you imagine somebody could tell me a lie? Can you imagine that? They could. They could tell you a lie. You know, so we have a policy. You know, we don't listen to negative talk about other people or other ministries, you know. And, and the truth is that if you saw what they were giving, you'd be astounded at what they were giving. I'll never forget the time that somebody came to me. We, we you know, we, we just had begun the church, you know, and, and uh, you know, we got our first brand new car in our marriage. First brand new car. And, and very sincere, not in a critical way, very sincere you know, a member of the church came and said, Pastor, I'm just not used to pastors having new cars. I said, well, that's not a problem. I said, uh, you know, I gave $18,000 to the church this year. I said, uh, what if th that wasn't my tithe? You know, that wasn't even close to my tithe. That was mostly offering. I said, I didn't have to give that. What if I kept that? Could I have bought a new car with that? And he said, Pastor, I'll never question you again. Amen. You know. And that was in the first, you know, first or not the first year for sure, about the third or fourth year that we started the church. You know, our first brand new car, you know. You know, God wants us to have the best. Hello, somebody. Amen. You know, I'm just going to take the limits off of God. How about you? Amen. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I spoke to God like Clint Eastwood spoke. I said, you know, come on, God, make my day. <laughs> let me see what you can do. Come on. You know, let me see what you can do. Go ahead. I, I give you permission, God, to pour out the blessings of heaven on my life. Amen. I give you permission to make me an example of your abundance in this world. Amen. How about you? Glory to God. Well, that has nothing to do with my message, but somebody wanted to hear it anyway. Amen. In those days, have you found Matthew chapter 3? Amen. If you haven't yet, ask your neighbor if they found it. If they haven't, then both grab hands and begin to pray. All right, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Now, when we look at this word kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, they're pretty much parallel. No matter where you see kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, basically you can just tell yourself it means the same thing. Once in a while it has a little different twist in the meaning, but basically it means the same thing. God wants you to experience heaven on earth. The very perfect prayer that Jesus taught us to pray goes something like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he taught us to pray that. Isn't that right? In, in the book of Luke 11, uh, chapter 11, he taught us to pray that way. Why would he teach us or tell us when the disciples said, came to him and said, teach us how to pray, if he wasn't planning on answering it? He wants you, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, when someone passes away, we go, oh, they're in a better place. Well, you know what? I'm in a better place right now. God wants me to be in that better place. He wants me to experience heaven on earth. That's his whole purpose. And this is why he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the word repent, you know, has not been taught correctly in the kingdom of God or in the churches. <clears throat> but the word R-E means to return and pent means the best. Return to the best. And well, pastor, you know it means to have a change of lifestyle. It means, you know, turn away from your wicked ways. Well, let me ask you something. If you're pressing into God, aren't you turning away from your wicked ways? Aren't you allowing God to change you? What's it say in Acts 3.19? Well, since you can't quote it, I'll go there real quick. Hold your finger there in, in Matthew chapter 3, because we'll be going to Matthew chapter 4 here in just a moment, so it's not too far from there. Matthew chapter 3, verse 19, Jesus, um, uh, Peter said, repent, therefore, and be converted. All right, so when you come to God, you know, and this was my struggle, you know, when I was trying to serve God, I was like, man, I'm just not good enough to serve God. I want to quit doing this. I want to stop doing that, and then I'll start serving God. Well, that's not the way God wants it. Yeah, it'd be nice if you could, but basically what he's saying, if you will come to God, God will convert you. He will change you. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the 70s and 80s, you know, and uh, we, 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 I had a little bit from my brother and sister who were older than me, some of the 60 songs and the Beatles and, you know, Bread and things like that. Bread was the name of a band, you know, and stuff like that, you know. You know, ZZ Top and, you know, some of those things, you know, and and so when I got saved, you know, I had heard, well, you need to turn the rock and roll off. You know, it's not good for your soul. And I'm like, I didn't have that revelation at that particular time, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, one day I was driving down the road listening to some rock and roll band, you know. And, uh, you know, I was in the, the club where you buy 20 for a penny and then you have to pay $20 for each one afterwards, you know. I was in that club, I mean. I had my eight tracks, and then I went to my cassettes, you know, and, uh, you know, I had my glass packs and my, you know, Barracuda 340, you know, and, you know, I, I was feeling it, you know. I'll tell you what, you know, when old Queen would sing Barracuda, I mean, all of a sudden that car just took off. I don't know. I had nothing to do with it, you know, but I mean, dun, 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 dun. And all of a sudden, I mean, it just accelerated, you know, probably to about 110, 120 miles until that, that song was over. I don't know why it did. It was possessed. But anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, I'm beginning to, to, to press into God and, and seek God. 
And one time I was listening to this, this uh, rock and roll band, and I heard, I, I was singing along with it, and I heard, turn it off. I'm like, that's not in the lyrics. What is up with that, you know? And I'm, I just, I'd ignored it, you know. I didn't know, you know. And, and, and so I'm singing along. I heard, turn it off. I'm like, really? And I said, Lord, is that you? So I turned it off. You know, I, some converting happened because I was seeking God. You know, all of a sudden some desires in my heart, things that I really liked, they weren't important anymore. But what was important was God. Why? Because I, I was living a lifestyle of repentance, going to God, and God was doing the converting. Well, not only will he convert you, but he'll refresh you. And one of the meanings of refresh means to restore. And the word restore really means to the place where he originally wanted you to be at anyway. Isn't that awesome? So God wants to restore you and refresh you. And so be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from where? The presence of the Lord. How do you get into the presence of the Lord? By pressing in or returning to him. So it ought to be a lifestyle. And so John's saying, John the Baptist is saying here, he said, look, start pressing into God because God has called me to prepare a way for the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I am being prepared for the Lord because I believe he's coming again. Amen. And folks, I believe it's a lot closer than we, we, we think it is. Amen. And you say, well, pastor, you're scaring me. Well, if I can scare the hell out of you, I'll do it. But you know, but I, you know, we need to get right with God. Hello, somebody. And so Jesus said here in, 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 in uh, John 14, uh, uh, 17, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that something that he said this after the devil tempted him and said, all these kingdoms I'll give to you if you'll bow down. Uh-uh. Jesus overcame the temptations of the kingdom of the world and came out more than a conqueror. And now he said, now I can give to you, if you'll come to me, if I, I can give to you the kingdom of God. And I'm going to let you know something. You know, no matter what the world can offer, God can trump it a lot better. God can do so much better. You know, we're going to see this here in just a moment. But, you know, as we sow, you know, the word of God, we have the potential to see it work a hundred times more in our life as we begin to take hold of the Word of God. We have, we, you know, a hundred times, you know, in other words, we, we can live in this a hundred percent of the time as we sow the Word of God or begin to exercise and receive the Word of God. You know, isn't that awesome? We, we, we can do that. You know, nowhere in the world does it say if you sow, we'll give you a return on it. You know, the world's not saying if you sow into our supermarket or if you sow into our store, you'll get a return on it. If you'll prosper us, we'll get a return on it. But only in the kingdom of God does it say that. He said, well, pastor, that's, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard for me to, to, to receive that. I understand that. You know, but, you know, the, the man with the paralytic son or the epileptic son said, Lord, if you know, if, if you can, and Jesus said, if I can, that's really what he said there in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. What do you mean, if I can? You know, Jesus was saying, hey, I know, I know what I can do in this game. I know what I, what do you mean, if I can? That's one of the, one of the translations said, if I can, Lord, if you can. 
He said, look, if you can believe, all things are possible. And that man said, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, I've done everything for my son, and nothing's worked for him. You know, and I'm really kind of desperate, and I'm really kind of here more hoping than I am believing. But help me trust you. And Jesus said, if I can. What do you mean if I can? You know, that's like my grandson coming and saying, Big Pop, you want to play me in one-on-one? You think you can beat me? You, if I can't, what do you, what, what, you know who you're talking to, son? You know, anyway, if I can't, I know my game. I know how to play my game. That's what Jesus was saying. If I can, what do you mean if I can't? I can do, I'll do this, but you need to believe. Well, part of that believing is for you receiving and taking it for yourself. And so Jesus said here, repent, come to me. You know, and again, as I said, when you begin to press in, well, isn't that what Deuteronomy 28 is telling us? If you diligently hearken unto the Lord thy God, and you are a good enough saint, and you pray enough, and you fast enough, and you give enough, all these blessings will come upon you. That's not what it says. If you will hearken diligently unto the Lord thy God, all these blessings will come upon you. Jesus said, for them who are weary and heavy laden. He said, come to me and I will give you a refreshing, a restoring, a rest, a reassuring that if God is for you, who can be against you? I'm going to let you know I'm with you. I want the best for you. But it's about you pressing in. And again, that's what really repentance is all about. It's about pressing into the things of God. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3. He said, this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind me. You know some of the things that Paul had to forget? He had to forget the fact that he killed Christians. That he put people in prison for their faith. That he was on the wrong side of grace for a while. You know, and some of the same people that he was ministering to could have been the relatives of some of the people that he had either in prison or killed for their faith. So he had to, one thing I have to I had to I had to put this behind. I had to put my mistakes behind me. You know, you had to put your mistakes behind you because in the eyes of God, you've you've not made any mistakes. You know, God has not tattooed an L on your forehead. You're not a loser. He's tattooed a W. You're a winner. You're an overcomer in this life. You know, God's a champion of making champions out of people who have failed. And there's not a patriarch in the Word of God that didn't fail and God still used them. Not a one of them. And God still used them. You know, so this is why it's so important, you know, that we seek first, Matthew 6, 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. And that's a continuation of the blessing working in your life. And so we see that the kingdom of God is made available to us. But what we have to understand, and I'm just doing a review on some of the things that I've I've taught earlier in this particular series. But what we need to understand is that the Bible says that the kingdom of God is in us. Not only given, it's not only available to us, but it's given, it's in us. And that's Luke chapter um, That is Luke chapter 17, verse 21, the kingdom of God is in us. Well, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, and as you go, preach saying, 
The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, this is what you can expect to manifest. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely receive and freely give. You know, I've been reading through the Old Testament, which I, I do, and, and I have my little Bible plan that I, I read through. And this year I'm reading all of the Bible through using the message translation, and I just really love it. And, and uh, you know, just clears, clears some things up. But, you know, one of the kings was going through his kingdom, seeing how he can make sure as the king of his kingdom that he is able to provide for all the people in the kingdom. Now, that's a type and shadow of God saying to you, when you're in my kingdom, I'm going to make sure that those who are in this kingdom have all their provision met. That's what God wants to do. But you know, God's extreme. You got to understand, you know, you know, God doesn't need a jet. He's already got this, you know, the speed of light figured out, you know. You know, I'm hoping he gives me a little insight on it. Make me a rich man, God. But anyway, give me this invention of how to go faster than the speed of life. You know, he's God. Come on, let's just be real. He's God. He doesn't need a jet. We all know that. But that's extreme. You know, you talk about extreme, you know, he said, you know, when they said, hey, we're going to help you, God, make this city, you know, and, and we got these streets all platted out. What do you want us to build the streets with? Gold. If the streets are gold, what does your mansion look like? Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. If the streets are gold, what's your driveway made of? Can you think that big? Can you go extreme? God's gone extreme. You know, so let's not criticize the others who we think are using prosperity in an extreme way. That's just not healthy for us. Why? Because it limits what God has for us. So if we're in the kingdom of God, we're going to see the sick healed. We're going to see those who are oppressed set free. We're going to see those who need cleansing cleansed. We'll even raise the dead. You say, well, have you ever raised the dead? Well, you know, I don't know. I drove up on an accident one time, and this guy was in the floorboard of the truck. I don't know if he was dead or not. I thought he was dead. But you know what? He rose up. And we, I had a bunch of youth with me, and I'm praying over this guy. You know, I just, I, just, I just rebuked the spirit of death to come out of you in Jesus' name. And I just released the power of God to heal you. And he sat straight up, and all these youth start screaming. Ah! <laughs> so we don't know if he's dead or not. So I can't say I've raised the dead, but you know what? I brought many out of the deadness of their sin into the life of God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so we see that this is part of it, but freely receive. So that's the key right there is that you have to freely receive. The Word of God says that he freely justified you. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. The Word of God says he has freely given you all things. First Peter chapter, um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, according to his divine power, he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's done these things. So number one, you have to believe. But in order to believe it or, or to see it manifest in your life, you have to receive it. Say receive. Tell your neighbor receive. Tell your neighbor, I'm receiving it. I'm going to receive it. And so when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3 and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is what Jesus said. 
uh, Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, and no one can do these signs unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, when you're seeing something, you're experiencing it, aren't you? When you see something, you're experiencing something. Listen, I experienced supernatural matrimony love when I saw her. I, man, I knew what love was. I knew the kind of love it took to marry somebody. You know, it was, mm, that's the one I'm going to marry. I didn't know it the very first time I saw her. You know, but about 20 seconds later, I knew it, I think. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I saw, I saw, you know, when you're seeing something, you're usually experiencing, aren't you? Most of the time, you're experiencing it. And so Jesus said, or, or uh, it says here that you shall see, or Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus was like, well, you know, I'm not quite understanding this. You know, I don't know what it really means by being more, uh, born again. How can man, a man be born again? How can he enter to, you know, his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, most assuredly, as he said to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So when you're born again, when you accepted Jesus as your new Savior, something very supernatural took place on the inside of you, and God recreated his spirit on the inside of you. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. That's a new original. Old things have passed away, and all, behold, behold, take hold, take, you know, uh, take hold of this, make it a part of who you are. All things become new. And when are things renewed in the kingdom of God? You know, every, every year, is that when it's renewed? No, daily. Daily it's renewed. Daily you're being renewed. Moment by moment you're being renewed. It's fresh all the time in the kingdom of God. So when you're born again, you know, you can see, you can enter into the kingdom of God. And what did it cost you to enter into the kingdom of God? Nothing. And so Jesus there in Matthew 10 said, so as you freely receive, now freely give. And to the same degree that you're able to receive it and walk in it is the same degree that you're able to give it to other people so that you can be a witness to the goodness of God. And so we see that, that uh, um, when we freely receive, then we have the ability to give. So receive what God has for you. Now I'm going to get into the third part of the message. That was just a review. So go with me to Matthew chapter 7. And this is going to help some of us understand the kingdom of God. Matthew 7 21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven so this explains why some people call themselves Christians, but yet they're not living the life, okay? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm saved. Well, you can go through the act of confessing Jesus, but there has to be a real heart conviction of saying, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord. 
a, a, a real belief in that. Because if he is your Lord, and when you think about who a Lord is, that is somebody who is over you. That is someone who you would, you would say, whatever, you, you're my Lord. You're not just my Savior, but you're my Lord. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, you know, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In fact, we'll see this, you know, in this teaching here a little later on. But it says that, you know, those who, who, who don't follow God, those who, who don't live according to God, they will be cast out in outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. They cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, you know, a lot of people say, well, they're going to go to hell then. No, no, that's not what it's saying. Okay? That's not what it's saying. It's saying they're not going to enter into the kingdom of God or into the provision of God. What do we find out? What is the kingdom of God? In the book of Romans, it says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? So we found that out. So they're not going to enter into that place where they feel like or they're not in right standing with God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his right way of doing the things, of doing things, and all these things will be added unto you. The kingdom of God's not meat or drink, but righteousness. You know, being in right standing with God, knowing that he created you to receive from him, and peace, which is the fullness of God, being complete in God, being whole in God. You know, and joy. Jesus says, my joy I, you know, leave with you so that your joy may be full. How many of you know that life is a lot better when you're joyful, when you have joy, when you can laugh at yourself, you know, when you can laugh at other things, you know. You know, I, I, I'm trying to get to that place where I'm like God when I see my enemy do something against me. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know. God's on his throne, and the devil says, man, I'm going to do this to tear down the kingdom of God. And God's, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, God's like, you know, I, I cast you out of heaven, you know, and, uh, you know, I sent my son down to hell, and he defeated you there. And I give all my children the keys to the kingdom, you know, to defeat you here on earth. <laughs> and you're going to do what? You know, have you ever thought about the kingdom of darkness? It, it, can't, it cannot expand. Only a third of the angels fell with the devil, right? He, he can't procreate his angels. He can't, he can't increase them. The kingdom of darkness can't expand. But every time someone gets born again, the kingdom of God is expanding. Isn't that awesome? I mean, God's kingdom just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, the devil says, I'm going to destroy the kingdom of God. <laughs> You know, well, if God, Jesus left his joy in me so that my joy ought to be full. When some, some enemy comes, well, this is going to happen, that's going <laughs> to Who are you kidding? That's not going to happen. You know, don't waste your time trying to take me out. It's just not going to happen because my God's for me. If God can be for me, who can be against me? I'm telling you, there's no devil and there's no government. And there's no man that can stop God's plan for my life. It's just not going to happen. Amen. You know, I may have to wait and sidestep it a little bit. But you know what? God has a plan for you and me. And as long as I'm in the kingdom of God, it's going to happen. So you thought I lost my thought, my, my train of thought when I was talking about outer darkness and gnashing of teeth, didn't you? But I didn't because I'm going somewhere with that. So when you're not into the kingdom of God, 
And so the, the Bible, according to Bible traditions, what they would do if somebody was, was accused of something, but they weren't really sure, they couldn't prove that this particular person did this particular crime, they would throw them out of the kingdom of God. They wouldn't just throw them out of the kingdom of God. They would lower them on a rope on the highest part of the wall. And see, the way the kingdoms were built back then was that the highest part of the wall was the part of the wall that had the most shadow and was uh, uh, where the sun couldn't shine. And that's where everybody in the city threw their scraps over, you know, their potato peelings and their carrot peelings and, and other things, you know, their chicken bones and stuff like that. They didn't have garbage disposals back then. Imagine that. They had the Internet, but they didn't have garbage disposal. Isn't that something? But anyway. No, they, they threw all their scraps over in this particular area. And if somebody was accused, but they couldn't prove it, they would lower this person out of the kingdom, okay, into outer darkness. Why the gnashing of teeth? Well, because at night, the animals would come to that part of the wall and eat the scraps. And so, anyway, they, so much fear would be in the person because they were all bound and they couldn't go anywhere, you know, until the next day, you know, to prove, their, to prove that they were innocent. And they would get so much fear, they would literally grind until they ground their teeth off. That's what it means to be in outer darkness where the gnashing of teeth. And when they would bring them back up, you know, well, I guess you didn't, I guess you didn't do that. He said, well, wasn't that kind of a, you know, a, a pathetic way of trying to figure out when somebody was innocent? Well, obviously, they were in a bad place at a bad time at a wrong time with the wrong people to be accused. Hello, somebody. That's good teaching. Don't be hanging around with people who aren't doing right and think that you won't be accused. Don't be hanging out with people who are not doing right and don't think you won't be accused. Don't be hanging out with people who aren't doing right and don't think you won't be accused. Hello, somebody. Well, that's good preaching, Pastor. Why don't you just keep on saying it? All right, I will. Don't be hanging out with people who aren't doing right and think that you won't be accused. It just goes with the territory. All right. So Jesus said, not everyone calls me Lord, Lord. So that explains why some people who are not really living for God aren't walking in the kingdom of God. In Mark, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus began to explain this particular parable about the sower and the seed. In fact, he said this in Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 11. He said, and the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak in these parables? He answered and said to them, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, who's them? Those who aren't receiving, those who aren't believing, those who aren't living for the Lord. It hasn't been given to them. The Message Bible says it like this. He replied, but you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. And whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell you stories, to create a readiness, to nudge the people towards a welcome awakening. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. 
listening until they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. And that was that the people draw near with me with their lips, but in their heart, they're far away from me. So in order for the word of God to manifest, you know, we have to understand that we have to be good receivers of it. So let's go to Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to be teaching from this point out of the Amplified Bible, so it might sound a little louder. Chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus began to teach beside a very great crowd gathered about him so that he got into a ship in order to sit in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was at the lakeside on the shore. He taught them many things in parables, illustrations or comparisons put besides truths to explain them. And in his teaching, he said, give attention to this. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed of the same kind. Say same kind. Same kind of seed. If it's the same kind of seed, does it have the same potential? All right. Fell on ground full of rocks where it had not much soil. At once it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And when the sun came up, it was scorched because it had not taken root. It withered away. Verse 7, other seed, and again, of the same kind. Say same kind. Same potential. Same word, as we'll see. It's the word of the Lord. Fell among thorn plants and thistles and grew and pressed together and utterly choked and suffocated it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed of the same kind. Say same kind. All right. Fell into good, well-adapted soil. And brought forth grain, growing up, increasing, yielded up to 30 times as much, 60 times as much, and even 100 times as much as what had been sown. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him be hearing and let him consider and comprehend. Didn't say hear it once. It says, let him be hearing. Let him be hearing. And as soon as he was alone, those who were around him with the 12 apostles began to ask him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God. There it is again. That is the secret counsels of God, which are hidden from the ungodly. But for those outside of our circle, for those outside of our circle, those who say, Lord, Lord, but don't do the will of God, that's who he's referring to. Those who are outside of a circle, everything becomes a parable. In order that they may indeed look and look but not see, perceive and may hear, and hear but not grasp and comprehend, lest happily they should turn again. Turn again to where? To the Lord. Isn't that repentance? He could have put the word repent in there. What was the very first thing that the whole uh, New Testament opened up with? Repent. And the kingdom for the kingdom of God's at hand. Lest they turn again, and it their willful rejection of truth should be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not discern and understand this, this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables? In other words, this is the way I interpret that. Listen, if you can get this, you can get all the word of God. 
If you can understand what he's really saying here, you can have everything that God says in the Word. Everything. Tell your neighbor everything. Tell your other neighbor everything means everything. Thus, now now he's making a plain. The sower sows the Word. Now, I know some people use this in the area if you sow, you know, uh, finances. Well, there's truth in sowing finances, but that's not what he's referring to here. He's talking about the Word. The Word is the seed. In fact, in Peter it says that though you were born again by the incorruptible seed of God's Word. God's Word. God's Word is a seed. Okay, so when we think about a seed, in order for a seed to produce, what do you have to do? you got to plant it. And what kind of soil are you going to plant it in if you want it to reach its maximum harvest? Good soil. So if you want God's seed or God's word to work in your life, you have to receive it, but you have to make sure you're good soil. Now, that doesn't give you permission to tell somebody they're good dirt. <laughs> Don't go around here calling someone a dirt bag, okay? That's not acceptable. But good soil. You have to be. It's up to you to be the good soil. So, and, and, and he went on to say, uh, the ones here in verse 15, ones along the path are those who have the word sown into their hearts. But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which was sown in them. And in the same way, one sown on stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive it, accept it, and welcome with joy. But they have no real root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. And when trouble or persecution arise on account of the word. What does Satan want to take from you? The word. If he can't take it from you, what's he going to do? He's going to try to trouble you because you got it. He's going to try to stop this word from producing. Why? Because if he can stop it from producing in your life, there's a very good chance you'll blame God and not yourself. Oh, thank you for that thunderous amen. But isn't that the truth? Oh, God, why isn't these things coming to pass in my life? What is it? Do you not like me, God? What's the problem? Did you just pick it on me, God? What is the deal, God? Oh, God, what's the problem here? How come I can't? Well, you know, have you looked in the mirror lately? Or have you humbled yourself and say, oh, God, what is it about me that I'm not seeing what you said I can see? Is it a possibility that maybe you need to make an adjustment? Not you. Surely not you. No. Uh-uh. It might be a possible that you, you need to humble yourself and say, God, you need to help me. So there in Matthew chapter 9, verse 23, what did the man say when he came to Jesus with the paralytic or the epileptic son? Help my unbelief. You know, it doesn't hurt you to go to God and say, I'm, I'm struggling having a hard time receiving this. I'll never forget we got this word, Isaiah 54, 1 through 4. And we had, we had been given to us, you know, before, hey, prepare yourselves and large your place of habitation, strengthen your cords, lengthen your 
lengthening your cords and strengthening your stakes. You know, you're going to expand, you know. You know, and, 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 you know, it was given to us, and I think it was a guest minister who gave it to us. I can't remember, but it was given to us. You know, I smiled on the outside. Yeah, I received that on the inside. I said, really, Lord? I'm just being honest with you. You know, I'm trying to help you get through some things I've gotten through. Really, Lord? Another word? What about these other words? I had that Gideon moment, you know, when the angel came to Gideon and said, you man of valor, man, I've called you. He's like, yeah, really? What about some of those prophecies we haven't come to pass? You know, God just ignored his attitude. Well, in this situation, God didn't ignore my attitude. He spoke back to me. I was shocked. But I said, Lord, what is it about me that I can't receive? Something's hindering me. You know, in the garden that you have prepared, don't you remove those things that hinder the seed from being able to grow? Well, this is the garden of Eden right here. God made me out of dirt, and it's probably a good possibility there's some, you know, clods, you know, stuck in my heart somewhere, not broken up, fallow ground there, or ground that's not been followed or, or tilled correctly, or or it's really a possibility it's not God, it's me, that I'm not receiving. How many of you believe it's a possibility? Amen. Could be a possibility, it's you. huh? Yeah. And so the Lord spoke to me and had me reread it and showed me where I was in error. And how many of you want to know what that error was? Keep coming to church and someday I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. They had no real roots, so they endured for a little while. When persecution came on kind of the word, they were offended. Well, that's one of the keys that you have to, you have to refuse to be offended in this world. And one sown among thorns were the ones who heard the word, but the cares, anxiety of the world, and all the boats at the lake of the Ozark. Oh, it doesn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sunday's the only day I have. No, it doesn't say that either. Okay, the world and distraction, age and pleasures, and delight and false clamor, deceitful riches. Craving and passionate desires for other things creep in, choke out, suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. But those sown on good, well-adapted soil, that's where I want to be at, are the ones who hear the word, receive the word, accept the word, and welcome the word. Four keys right there. And it bared fruit. Some 30, as much as sown. Some 60, as much as sown and some a hundred times. Well, maybe you're here today, and you're a brand new believer in the Lord, and you're saying, you know, I'm just kind of at that first place there, Pastor. I'm just kind of at that, well, I'm just receiving the word, and what would you share with me? Well, these are the things that I would share with you. Number one, believe the word first. Just tell yourself, no matter what, I'm going to believe this word. You know, when I get in debates with other people who don't think there's a God or, you know, think that, you know, some of the standards of God are idiotic and things like that, I stop the debate by saying, my standard's the Word of God. That's it. What can they say? What, you don't, you, you, you're, you're, so, you're so hateful that you don't believe that there should be same-sex marriage? Well, my standard's the Word of God. Amen. You know, God doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. You know, God didn't make, you know, Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve, uh, man and woman, 
to get married, okay? You know, so, I mean, that's my standard. In the end of conversation, that's my standard. Are you, are, you criticize, are you trying to condemn me because I believe in something that you don't agree with? Now where's the hate coming from? So anyway, I don't know where that came from, but it was good preaching. So to believe and receive the word, and to believe and receive the word is to begin to expect it to come to pass. Now, how many of you have prayed the prayer of salvation where you've accepted Jesus and you've confessed him as your Lord and Savior, believing he's the Son of God, that God raised him from, he was crucified, dead, and buried, and God raised him from the dead? How many of, how many of you know with your hands up, you know without a doubt you're born again? Why do you know that? Because the Bible says it. Well, what about the other things in the Bible it says about you? If you can believe that, that God can save a wretch like you, it's part of the song. Come on, don't give me that look. <laughs> if God can save you, then what? How, how did you get to that point? You heard it. You received it. You believed it. And you acted on it. Well, that's the same thing about the Word of God in every area. In every area of God's promises in your life. So you you believe the Word, you receive the Word, which means you begin to expect the Word to come to pass. It came to pass when you prayed the prayer of salvation. You just told me you did. You raised your hand and told me, I know I'm born again because I prayed that prayer. All right? So you believe that. Well, then secondly, what you must do is renew your minds and attitudes. Renew your minds and your attitudes. Romans chapter 12 says this, I beseech you. He's, he, it's to the point where he's just so imploring to the point he's begging you, man, if you can just get hold of this, I beseech you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You know, I have no idea what a caterpillar goes through when it goes through the metamorphosis of becoming a butterfly. Yesterday, I was out in my front yard, and this big winged creature came by, and before I knew it, I identified it, huge, beautiful, black and gold, zoo's colors, butterfly. As it flew by me, I thought, and once you were an ugly old caterpillar, you know? But that's what that means. It means that you'll be transformed, or it means metamorphosed. You'll be converted into the beauty and the holiness of God. That's what that means. And so be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Well, the Amplified Bible says this in the area of transform. It says, but be transformed, changed, how? By the renewing of your mind and by its new ideals and its new attitudes. So I mentioned this for a reason at the beginning of the service, not to put any condensation on, condemnation on you, but, you know, 
part of changing your attitude to seeing yourself prosper is not having a bad attitude about those who are experiencing prosperity. Hello, somebody. Amen. Yeah, somebody, you know, when, when, when Jesse gets up there and says, yeah, you know, I just got three offerings. They were all a million dollars a piece, you know, and I got the biggest house. I, my house is bigger than the governor's house. I got the biggest house in Louisiana. I just can't help it. God just loves me. God wants to bless me. You know, don't grit your teeth and go, that's such an extreme. What could you do for the poor? You don't know what he does for the poor. You know what you should do? God, you're no respecter of person. Amen. I'm just as qualified to receive as Jesse's qualified to receive. I'm just as qualified to receive as Brother Jerry's qualified to receive. You know, I, I love Brother, Brother Jerry, and, and, and I get a lot from him. I work for him. He was, you know, one of my mentors in life. And I was telling him, you know, that sometimes we'll have a guest minister come through, and we can't really preach him, but I'll give him an offering anyway, you know. Just to bless them, you know. Why should missionaries have to come here and work for money? Why can't we just minister to them and just bless them anyway? You know, and I said, yeah, you know, we've, we've done this, you know. And uh, so anyway, he said, yeah, he said, uh, I do that too, Tom. And uh, so he mentioned the guy that was in his home for his birthday. And he said, uh, he said he had to leave. I said, why do you got to leave? He said, well, I got to go preach. He said, why you got to go preach? He said, well, he said, I don't, I ha I've got to generate some income. He said, you don't have anything put aside? He said, no. So he said, well, since it's your 80th birthday, I'll just give you $80,000. I thought, I wish I would have never told you, Brother Jerry, what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it encouraged me. Because I thought, I want to do that. Amen. I want to do that. Amen. I want to be able to do that. Someone walks up, good, faithful, tithing member of the church, been here 20 years. Pastor, you know, I'm just about ready to retire. I owe $40,000 in the house. Our company went belly up. I don't think I can get a job. Would you pray for me? Dude, I'll just pay your house off. I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. I want to see God do great things for people. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. I want to do these things. But you know what? I have to get over other people prospering and begin to say, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. Amen. Come on. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are we doing okay this morning? Amen. So we need to renew our mind by new ideals and a new attitude. You know, I like that one song. I think it's more for women. I have a new attitude, you know. Glory to God. Somebody have a new attitude here? Okay. Hold fast to the Word of God. Hold fast to the Word of God. I must have said something that I don't realize I didn't say, but that's all right. I'm moving on to my next point. Let's move on, all right? Hold fast, which means behold. That scripture I quoted earlier, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new again. That word means, behold means to take hold of. Can I use you as an example, sweetheart? Come up here. 
She knows what this is. I'm not going to smooch you. <laughs> Block. Mm, it's one of my favorite things to do. I take hold of her, you know, and we're just one. Oh, such a precious moment. All right, church is over because I need to smooch you now. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. But that's what behold means, to take hold of as it is a part of you. She's, she's a part of me. She is a part, to take hold of that, to hold fast means to take hold of as it's a part of you. You got to take that word and say, this is my word. It's for you. You know, if nobody else receives it, it's for me. Amen. You know, I, I, I really like to do things in order and uh, according to an order here, but boy, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me about destiny and Donovan. Y'all look at me here, okay? God spoke to me at the beginning of the service about you two guys. And he said this. He said, if you'll make the choice to let God in your life in a greater way, he'll turn things around for your good. But you got to let God do that. He'll do some divine reversals for you. Whatever you're struggling with or been struggling with, God will turn that around for you if you'll make the choice to put God first in your life. Hallelujah. He's got some great plans. What the enemy meant for harm, God's going to turn around for good for you. Glory to God. So it's a lifestyle. Live a lifestyle. The next point here, of renewing your mind. Make it a lifestyle. Ask yourself, is everything you're watching, listening to, the company that you keep, is it enhancing you to renew your mind? Is it encouraging you to embrace the Word of God? You know, there's some relationships that they weren't encouraging me to embrace the Word of God. You know, just, just had to cut them off. Not that I don't love them. I don't ostracize anyone. But I set myself apart to hear the word of God. There's some places I don't go. There's some people I don't hang out with. Not because I don't love them. You know, I've been invited to go down the lake of the Ozarks and just ride out in the boats and stuff with, with people who consider, our, consider themselves friends to us. But that's not where I'm supposed to be. It's not good for me to be in that environment. I didn't say it was wrong to get on a boat. I didn't say it was wrong to go fishing. All right? I'm just saying that I have to guard my environment to keep this word going. You know? And so, you know, I, I, we polite, sometimes we just politely decline. I don't want to put myself in a place where there's, you know, a lot of worldly things going on. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Or where I hear a lot of negative talk. You know, I'm going to guard my heart because Proverbs says guard your heart for comes out of your heart is the issues or the life-giving source that God has for me. So I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to guard my environment. In order for me to do that too, also, I need to live a lifestyle of renewing my mind. And your mind's renewed by whatever you're listening to or whatever environment you put yourself into. The fifth thing is see things the way God sees them. What did the uh, a prophet have to do with, uh, you know, his servant. In Second Kings 6, you know, uh, Syria, 
you know, was invading Israel. And uh, he said, the king of Syria said, man, we got a mole here. We got somebody, you know, telling we got a traitor here. And said, nope, you don't. Well, you tell me what's going on. Well, Israel has a prophet. Hmm. And so the prophet tells the king, hey, what's going on? He said, well, let's kill the prophet. That's kind of like saying, well, let's kill God. You know, how'd that work for you? Well, so he sent his army in, and they surrounded him. And the servant woke up the morning in the morning. He looked around and said, oh, we are in trouble. And the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes. See what the way God sees. When his eyes were open, I mean, there was all kinds of angelic beings around him and everything. And so when the Syrian captain said, charge, Elijah said, blind them. Damn, they were blinded. So Elijah said, this is the way you're supposed to go. He led them into the center of the very city that Syria wanted to destroy, of Samaria. He got the king of Samaria and said, oh, here's your enemies. He said, all right, I'm going to kill them all. He said, nope, nope, you didn't win this battle. God did. You need to feed them and send them home. Eyes were opened up. They were like, where are we? We're surrounded by our enemies, and our enemies fed them and sent them home. Then they came back a second time and surrounded themselves around Syria again. Major siege. Now the king of Syria, he's mad at Elijah. Well, Elijah, if you let me kill these guys in the first place. So now he's going after Elijah. Let's go cut off. He's mad at God. Takes it out on the prophet. Don't ever take it out on the prophet of God. It's not the prophet's fault. They're just the servant of God. They're just used of the Lord. It's not the prophet's fault. Probably your fault, but not the prophet's fault. And so they came after him, and Elijah said, well, the one who wants to cut off my head, he's here at the door, but we're not going to allow that to happen, and they escaped. Then after two attacks, worst attacks in his life, Syrian army, now his own people attacking him. After that, he goes to the city of Samaria and says, well, by this time tomorrow, things are going to be turned around. And what did the friend of the king say, or the, uh, the servant of the king say? Well, if God could open up the windows of heaven, how could this thing be? And Elijah said, oh, it's going to happen. But you're not going to participate. I don't want to be that person. Amen. It's going to happen. Yeah, God's going to do some things. And I'm going to be right in the middle of it. How about you? And what happened? Absolutely. God turned that thing around. He used the most least likely people, the four lepers, probably Gehazi and his son, you know, and God used them to turn that around. So when you're walking through your darkest hours, you need to remind yourself you're probably about ready to walk through your greatest victory. Amen? Amen? See things the way God sees things. And the last thing is, refuse to let other people talk you out of God's best for your life. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. If God be for you, the Bible says, who can be against you? 
Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.